Welcome to the Life Launch Podcast. My name is Heather Borsma. I'm a certified business coach who helps mama entrepreneurs double their business with more heart and less hustle. Want to learn how? Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Life Launch Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. We have Tanessa Shears, and she is a kinesiologist, certified sleep science coach, health consultant, and the host of Becoming Limitless Podcast. She helps entrepreneurs like all you scale your business by optimizing your health focus and productivity with science and biohacking. Her passion is to work closely with business owners to implement effective sleep, nutrition, movement, and out of the box stress management strategies to eliminate brain fog and wake up feeling rested, energized, and focused. Does that not sound like what we all need? Thank you so much for coming and being a guest on the podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited. When I read your bio, I was like, yes, 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 we need that. We need all of those things. And as I was telling you right before we hit record, the women that listen to this podcast, a lot of them are moms and entrepreneurs. So even more, I think this area of sleep and nutrition and movement is a real challenge for moms and entrepreneurs, right? Because we got the kids waking us up all through the night and the babies who aren't on the regular schedule and the nap time work sessions. So how do you find that motherhood adds to the challenge of this area of optimizing your health for your business? Yeah, well, I can definitely relate because I have a two-year-old right now and I'm 31 weeks pregnant. So I'm going into all of the sleep deprivation all over again. But as far as to how it relates, I think it adds like an element of unpredictability and an element that's outside of your control in terms of like, if your kids are waking up in the middle of the night or they need you, then we tend to that as moms, right? But I think one of the most fascinating things that I discovered through my first pregnancy and having my daughter is that... Our kids are wonderful examples of how we should be treating ourselves. And I actually found through optimizing my daughter's sleep to help her sleep better, I was like, so much of this applies to us. Like, think about consistent bedtimes. We have the sound machines. We know the room should be dark. They follow a routine. You know what I mean? We have the wind down and the story time and the bath time. Mm -hmm. There is a predictable routine that helps them to sleep better. And so I found that so many of the things that I was working on with myself and with my clients, I was like, I'm going to try this. I was five months old at the time. And it was amazing how well she responded to just that routine. So as Mm -hmm. much as like it creates that unpredictability for us, I think we can learn a lot from our kids in just how well they use rest and don't resist it and try to fill it up with all of the busy work that we do as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've never actually thought of that before of how we do all of this work to optimize our kids' sleep, but we don't necessarily do the same thing for ourselves. Do you have like a nighttime routine? Is that something that you recommend for entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just that there is a night routine where we do the same things every night, but I like to look at how our brain functions relative to that hour before sleep. So while, you know, you're listening to this podcast, or maybe you're working with clients or working in your business, our brain waves are oscillating at a frequency called beta, right? The whole purpose is focus. It's alert. It's attention. We want this while we're engaged in work. 
However, a lot of us entrepreneurs like to maintain this state of brain activation all the way to sleep, whether it's Mm. working on some last minute business things, scrolling Instagram and getting all that input and the dopamine that's coming from, you know, all of the information or watching TV. And we don't allow our brains to transition into what I call alpha wave activities. So that's a slower frequency of brain waves. And it's not necessarily associated with a set of activities you do but how these mm. activities make you feel. And the words I like are restored and refreshed. Because if we mm. think of an activity like reading a book, if I'm reading a nutrition book or a business book or a marketing book, I have my highlighters out. I have my sticky notes. I'm like, this is great content. I can apply this to my business. That is keeping your brain in beta activity, that focused alertness while we're reading. As alternative, think about picking up a fiction book and falling asleep reading. That is an example of how you could use reading to generate alpha activities. So I always like to think of the routine before bed not being a rigid set of step one, step two, step three, but what are the series of activities that can take my brain out of beta and into alpha and kind of create one of those luxurious slides into sleep. So a good example Mm -hmm. of what we do is after my daughter goes down to sleep, I'll come into my bedroom. I'll keep the lights dim because this helps my brain calm. I'll wash my face. I'll put on my skincare. I'll put my PJs on. So you can kind of feel that wind down happening. I'll spend 10 to 20 minutes talking to my husband. I'll pick up a book and I'll usually fall asleep reading. So there's that gradual, almost release of the day. And that is what sets us up for such wonderful sleep. Okay. So the reality is, is so many of the women listening, myself included, currently watch Netflix or scroll on their phones before they go to bed. Do these count in any way as alpha activities? Can they, or is this something to move away from? Yeah. So there's two components we can look at that when you're either watching TV and and I honestly, I don't think that Netflix is bad or wrong. I think it has its place, but I also Mm -hmm. think that taking care of our brain is a different component of that conversation. So Mm -hmm. part one is looking at When we're scrolling on Instagram, it feels very passive, right? It feels like something we're just doing to zone out. But Mm -hmm. what I find with social content like that is every time you see a different post, you have to make a decision. Do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? Do I engage with this? Do I not? Do I leave a comment? Mm -hmm. Do I still want to follow this person? Am I comparing myself? Like there's all these micro decisions that are going on in our head while we're scrolling, even though it feels so passive, right? Mm -hmm. So if you add that to Netflix, this constant incoming information is keeping our brain stimulated, right? And Mm. this prevents us from getting into good quality sleep. So that's component one when it comes to technology. Component two is something most of us have heard about, and it's blue light that comes from our screens. So specifically, when we're staring into these devices, the blue light activates an area of our brain that stops the hormone that encourages sleep from being produced. So blue Mm. light happens during the day. Like when it's bright out, that blue light that comes from the sky, its job is to keep us alert and awake But that's not what we want at night. So if you think about pre-electricity days, the sun would go down, the sky would go pink, and then it'd go orange, and then it'd go red, and then it would get dark. And our brain was used to being cued by the daylight changes and to help us wind our brain down. But with electricity, we've artificially induced day all day long. So in Mm. addition to constant information coming in and this blue light telling our brain, it's the middle of the afternoon, 
We then go to lay down and go to sleep and we can't fall asleep or we have trouble staying asleep. And our brain is like, what are you talking about? It's the middle of the day. We've been getting information. It's day, it's bright blue sky out. We've been looking into this technology. Hmm. What do you mean we need to go to sleep right now? And that's where we really confront the issue of the technology. It's almost like a two-pronged approach of why it really disrupts our rest during the night. Yeah, and I think understanding the why behind it is really powerful, especially the why on a brain science level, because I think there's like this just overall shame of like, you shouldn't be on your phone so much. You shouldn't be watching Netflix so much. You definitely shouldn't be doing those things right before you go to bed. But it's not so much about like, this is right or wrong. It's like, if you really want to optimize your time when you are focused, the one of the best ways to do that, it sounds like, is to make sure that you're optimizing the time when you're not needing to be focused as well. So tell me a little bit about how does a good sleep help us during the day when we are trying to be focused and productive in our business? I love talking about this. It is so fascinating when we start understanding that sleep is not just something it's like, oh gosh, I have to get that done so I can get to tomorrow. That's the way a lot of us treat sleep. But when we understand that sleep has a function, which is critical to our ability to have clear focused thinking. And I mean, we can tie that into our businesses so easily. We've all shown up at our desks in the morning and tried to write email copy and been like, this is honestly the worst. I have no ideas. Nothing's flowing. You stare at the screen for so long and you feel confused and you're distracted all the time. So this is a huge symptom of brain fog. One of the things that happens when you don't sleep. But if we actually look at what the heck happens while we sleep, to simplify it, our brain goes through three main kind of stages of sleep. It has light sleep, we have deep sleep, and we have dream sleep. The most important two that we need to know about as entrepreneurs are deep sleep and dream sleep. So in deep sleep, that's when our brains consolidate everything we did that day, everything we've learned, and store it long-term. It's kind of like taking all the files off of your desktop and putting them on your hard drive. Our body recovers, our brain refreshes and, you know, gets a a bath in all the spinal fluid at night. So it's all fresh and ready to go the next day. But more importantly is what happens when we dream. I like to call this entrepreneurial gold. And if we are missing out on dream sleep, we are missing out on the gold. So while we spend time dreaming each night, our brain figures out how to solve bigger and better problems and think outside of the box and more creatively. I mean, that's our job as entrepreneurs. The bigger problem we can solve and the more impact we can create with our solutions, the bigger our business is going to be. So if we don't feel creative, we don't feel inspired, we can't come up with new ideas, we can't seem to figure out how to help that client. Like we can see the problem, but we can't exactly figure it out. That ability to do that is fostered while we sleep. And then beyond that, getting REM sleep allows us to read facial expressions and body gestures better. Now, if anybody's in any type of role where they're working with a team or clients or coaching at all, like my ability to read my client's facial expressions and body gestures while I'm coaching them is critical to me being able to catch things. It makes mm -hmm. me better at that. And then the last thing that REM sleep does specifically for entrepreneurs is it helps us manage our emotional life so much better. So there's a process mm. that goes on while we sleep that helps us connect our decision-making part of our brain, our prefrontal cortex to the emotional part, the amygdala, right? And so that we can make good decisions and stay coming from a rational place when we are met with negativity during the day. I mean, we've probably all got a negative Instagram comment 
or, you know, somebody gives us some feedback that we don't love. And I want to be able to respond to that out of integrity. And I want to feel like I'm doing it in a way where I'm in control of my thoughts and I'm not letting my emotions write this angry response. And I'm way better able to do that when I've had enough REM sleep. So the whole, what goes on during sleep creates us as like almost like super entrepreneurs and our ability to deal with the challenges in our business. And as soon as we start cutting into sleep, we directly say like, I don't want to be able to solve problems as well today. I don't want to be as in control of my emotions today. I don't want to feel as refreshed or clear when I'm thinking today. And that's why I just love the topic of sleep as a way to grow your business. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I think a lot of people, like you said, are just thinking I have to just get the sleep over with and just check that box. And they almost think of it as taking away from their business. Like if I stayed up all night and worked, most people probably think if they did that, that they would get better results than if they had a solid eight hours or whatever's ideal for their bodies to be able to do that work in, in the night. Like it sounds like our brain is working for us while we're sleeping. Oh, it absolutely is. And and that to your point, when we think I'm just going to stay up two hours later to just get a little bit more done because then I won't have so much to do this week or I can get a little bit more ahead. But that two hours that you are taking from your sleep will cost you more than two hours in productivity in the following days, right? Yeah. Uh, 87% of us stay up at least two hours later, at least one or two nights a week, right? And that mm. throws off our whole internal body clock and it can take up to a full day per hour you stayed up later for your brain to return to full cognitive ability. So wow. when we're looking at like, it's just two hours tonight, no big deal, but we show up at our desk the next day, experiencing brain fog and feeling poorly rested and not being able to stay clear and focused. How much longer is it taking you to get through those same tasks and of the time that you're taking, are they nearly as quality as if you had shown up feeling ready to take on your day well-rested and clear? Yeah. I talk about this a lot with processing your emotions and how when an emotion comes up and we get triggered and we don't deal with it, then we're trying to work and we're spinning. And so we take two hours to create you know, let's say five posts for next week. Whereas if we would have just stopped and taken five minutes to process our emotion, we probably would have gotten those five posts created in an hour. So the overall time is less when you actually prioritize your emotional health. When you actually prioritize your physical need for rest, you're setting yourself up to be more impactful, more productive, more creative, more focused for those few hours that you are working This so ties into what I teach with Double Your Business because we talk a lot about how you can double your business without doubling your hours. And it sounds to me like getting good sleep is one of those ways that you could double your business without doubling your hours. Oh, absolutely. And you know what the funny thing is? It never clicked more than after I had my daughter because... I was like, I need to figure out how to have better sleep. If I am not going to be sleeping, you know, my luxurious eight, eight and a half hours, because, you know, I'm up earlier, I'm up later and everything like that. How can I optimize my own sleep? And through that process, I actually live on Instagram over three months biohacked my sleep and showed through all the data that comes from the wearable trackers, like the Fitbit and the Aura Ring that I wear, how every single change I made affected my sleep, which ones I kept and which ones I didn't. And I found by the, at the end of three months, I had 
such better quality sleep that I had created time in the morning where I decided I wrote a book on the exact process I went through. And also, why don't I start a podcast while running my full business and doubled my revenue that year? So it was such a fun year to see like, all I did was optimize my sleep and I have a brand new baby. We're on to something here because my level of sleep deprivation is going to be so much more than the average entrepreneur. I feel very clearly aware of how sleep deprived I am, but how many of us are walking around with that low level sleep deprivation that is affecting us on a level that we may not experience it drastically enough to take effect. But I always like to say like, what if it were possible that your brain was operating only at 50 to 60% of its capacity right now? What would you be able to do or get done at 90%. And that goes to your concept of what would that look like to double your business in not this in in ha- in the same amount of time, right? Or work less even. And I think it's just how efficiently our brain makes decisions, processes things, how clearly we stay focused and our productivity. That's so good. There's two things I want to know more about. One of them is other things that we can do to optimize our sleep. And then what are some of the other abilities that increase when we do? So let's first talk about other than minimizing the blue light and kind of having that wind down time, what are some other top ways to optimize our sleep? Yeah. So I'll give you one food example and one way you could like alter your bedroom to help you sleep better. So with food, food is one of those things that until I was really in the trenches with it, I mean, we don't connect food and sleep. Like those seem like two different Mm. areas of health, right? Yeah. Um, But when you really start to look into any research behind it, there's two factors with your food that affect how you sleep. And we'll just zero in on dinner to give you something specific and actionable to take away. During sleep, in order to wake up feeling really refreshed and focused, we want our heart rate to drop and we want our blood pressure to drop and we want our temperature to drop. This facilitates brain recovery and it facilitates proper hormone production at night. Now, when we are eating within three hours of bedtime, our temperature goes up, which is the opposite of what we want. Our heart rate goes up, which is the opposite of what we want. And we are digesting during a time where digestion should be shutting down. So Hmm. while our body is trying to figure out what to do with all this food, when we biologically shouldn't be eating at that time, it is then disrupting our ability to get into deep sleep and stay asleep. So that's part one. But then when you start looking at the content of our dinner, what happens is when we eat foods, specifically foods that are really dense in carbohydrates, our blood sugar goes up, right? And when our blood sugar goes up, we usually get rises and falls in energy. Now, as far as the blood sugar goes, our body is less capable of dealing with it in the evening than it is the morning. So what happens is when we eat really dense carbohydrate meals, our blood sugar stays elevated a lot longer. And with this, we get an increase in the stress hormone cortisol. So not only does this prevent us from falling asleep quickly, but we get wake-ups in the middle of the night. So if I'm looking at the ideal dinner, I always like for me personally, and a lot of what I recommend is minimum three hours from the time you plan to be asleep and you want your dinner to be as whole food based as possible. So that means, did it come from the ground? Or did it have a mother? And minimal starchy carbohydrates. So I love like a lot of vegetables are wonderful. Get your sources of protein, healthy fats. So a really good option would be like salmon and Brussels sprouts or asparagus and and chicken. Maybe adding in a little bit of carbohydrate. But if you find that you're having trouble falling asleep, not feeling well rested or waking up a ton, that would be a really good place to start looking in terms of optimizing your sleep. 
Now, as far as your bedroom, there are so many things that you could biohack in your bedroom in terms of like upgrading how your room supports your sleep. So there's two really quick ones. One is making sure your room is completely dark. And I like to perform the hand test. So right before you fall asleep and right when you wake up in the morning, if you were to hold your hand six inches from your face, can you see it? Either because there's light coming in through the curtains or there's a cell phone notification that's flashing or your clock face is lighting up your room. If you can, that will disrupt your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep as well. So I always like to get good old roller blinds. I like to get blackout curtains and I even like to Velcro them to the wall to make sure that all the light is filtered out. Makes such a big difference. And the other thing that you can actually do is modulate your bedroom temperature. So we always like to be cozy and warm when we fall asleep, but research has shown that if your bedroom is too warm when you fall asleep, your body can't properly produce melatonin. That's the sleep hormone that helps you sleep. So I always like to say that everyone has their own temperature, but guidelines are generally 65 degrees Fahrenheit or 18 degrees Celsius tend to be optimal for helping you stay asleep throughout the night. So those are the two biggest things that can help you with your sleep. Amazing. I love that. It's so practical and something that we can take away and try right now. I personally try not to eat in the evenings, but I usually do it more as like a weight loss thing than thinking about my sleep. It is interesting that they all tie together, right? Like there's something about doing that, that benefits us on so many levels. I feel more motivated to continue with that or to get back on that, knowing that it doesn't just help my body, like on a weight or health level, but it's also helping me sleep better. That's so cool. Yeah. And and the best thing is by sleeping better, it helps you regulate your blood sugar the next day, which supports your original goal in the first place. So it's kind of like a cycle that feeds into each other. Yeah. It's so cool. Okay. Tell me a little bit about if I'm sleeping better, I'm getting the blackout blinds. I'm not eating before bed. I'm reducing the time I'm on the screens. What am I going to be able to do better in my business the next day? So part one is being able to wake up without an alarm clock. This might not be something obvious, right? Because a lot of us do wake up with alarm clocks, especially if we have kids and we want to wake up before them so we can get some work done. But by effectively having a consistent bedtime, getting long enough and high quality sleep, what happens is there's something called our circadian rhythm. Just think of it as your internal body clock that becomes optimized because in the morning, right before we wake up, if we are waking up at a consistent time, your body releases a big burst of cortisol to help you feel alert. This is when we want cortisol because we want it to help us wake us up. What happens when we use an alarm clock is your alarm clock artificially terminates your sleep. It decides what phase of sleep we're in that we are woken up in. So if you are woken up during deep sleep or REM sleep, you experience something called sleep inertia, which is that groggy feeling where you just can't pull your brain into focus for the first couple hours of the day. And if we are trying to set up and go to work while we are experiencing sleep inertia, we are not going to be, feel like we're focused at all. Like it is going to feel very difficult and like you're almost experiencing jet lag. Now your body is smart. It's never going to be like, we're in the middle of deep sleep. She'll definitely suffer for at least four hours from this. We should wake her up right now. So our bodies intelligently wake us up when we are in light sleep, where it has very minimal effect on how tired or not tired we feel. That's number one is by having a consistent high quality sleep. We are less likely to need an alarm clock because our body is regulated more focused in the morning, but it also gives us stable energy. 
throughout the day. I know a lot of us deal with that 2 p.m. energy wall where all of a sudden it feels like that's when I leave the tasks that are just like coloring things and, you know, answering emails. I often find that that part of the day is created because we are so overtired. We need to over caffeinate. And then we are experiencing that crash in the afternoon. So by getting a good sleep, we get to rely less on caffeine to carry us through the day and more on our natural sustainable energy. And you also talked about decision-making. And this is something that I teach my clients about a lot. We talk about really understanding the reasons behind the decisions we're making and liking our reasons and then having our own back in those decisions. How does sleep affect decision-making? Yeah. So specifically when we get enough of that REM sleep, it allows us to process the emotions a lot faster. So they did a really interesting research study where they had two groups of people. One group was insufficient in that dream sleep and the other group had enough dream sleep and they showed them increasingly negative photos. The group that did not have enough REM sleep or dream sleep had more exaggerated reactions of emotional response to those images Mm. than the people who had slept well. So when we relate this back to decision-making, especially if we're making a a decision that is a financial one or has a lot of gravity to it, I want to be able to make those decisions from a neutral, calm place and Mm. make it based on thoughts that I like and not emotions that are running the show because my brain isn't working effectively enough to be able to put a lid on those. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. Now one question I'm hearing from my audience in my head is that's all great, Heather. I would love to get amazing sleep every night, but I have children who do not follow the rules of only waking me up during light sleep. So what can we do as moms who have kids coming up into our room, crawling into our beds, crying in the middle of the night, needing to be fed. Do you have any tips for how we can biohack that part of sleep as a mom? Yeah. Well, I think part of it is there are experts and I have a friend that she just literally focuses on sleep for three to five-year-olds because it's very different. I mean, our kids go through different sleep circadian rhythm shifts throughout childhood, all the way up until we're 25 when we hit our adult sleep rhythm, right? So I think it's really fostering the good sleep habits before bed to set them up as good as possible, right? Meaning like we want the room completely dark. We want it to be quiet. We want it to be, you know, something that has a nice routine at the beginning of it. So all of those things like that, but beyond that, like looking more so like, how can we take care of us when that is the case? What we start to look at is like, okay, I had one of those nights. I was up two times during the night. I know that I'm going to feel a little bit more behind today. I think the first thing is not fighting that so much and not uh, feeling guilty or shame about the fact that it's not being done right and I shouldn't feel this way. I think Mm. part of it is just accepting that, you know what, this is going to be one of those days. That's okay. How can I add in a bit more restorative time during the day? Because I find one of the Mm. problems we have as entrepreneurs is we're human doings. We're literally like task A, task B, task C, all the way. Even like put the kids to bed, walk the dog. We got to make dinner. We got to prep for tomorrow, all of these things. And we forget to be human beings. So what I always like to encourage is whether it's between a client call or whether it's when you're transitioning from writing an email to creating a graphic, maybe, or something like that, like taking that small amount of time in there and doing a body scan. I'm like, how am I feeling right now? How can I just reconnect with how I am feeling? Because I think that's what's at the essence of us being human beings. 
And then in addition to that, I think one of the things that will provide the most benefit is finding pieces of solitude throughout the day. And and I usually talk about solitude. When I first started thinking about it, I was like, well, I don't have time to go to a cabin in the woods. But solitude is actually not defined by your physical location. It's just the absence of other people's thoughts, opinion, and information created by other brains. So, Mm. I mean, how many of us drive in the car and listen to a podcast or in the shower Mm -hmm. or when we're folding laundry? All of our spare minutes are spent consuming other people's thoughts Mm. instead of being with our own and processing our own. And so often I'll practice with my clients. I'll be like, okay, today we're doing five minutes of presence where I want you to spend five minutes with no input, no phone, no TV, just listen in on your thoughts. And it is the most uncomfortable five minutes for most people until we really learn that we don't need to respond to all that discomfort that comes up. And I think part of that overwhelm that comes and why we never feel refreshed and recovered is because our brains are, we never get the chance to process our own thoughts and emotions unless we're intentionally like, I need to sit down and journal, or I need to sit down and think about my own thinking. So on those days where your kids are keeping you up at night, or you were up three or four times throughout the night, or you got woken up early, more of those little intermittent breaks of solitude throughout the day to help you kind of feel refreshed and restored will encourage a lot better sleep the following night, as well as restore your energy rather than just plowing through the day and acting as if it were any other day. It's that compassion that you Mm -hmm. give yourself. Yeah, that's so good. I talk to my clients a lot about having gentle days when we haven't gotten asleep or when we've gone through a big change or when a lot of emotions are coming up. Like, I'm just going to have a gentle day today. I'm going to, I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to go at a slower pace. I'm going to have less things on my to-do list. And it sounds like that also has a benefit to our sleep in that we're giving our bodies that time to restore throughout the day that maybe it didn't have in the night. And it sounds like you're saying that can actually help having those quiet moments can, can help our brain as well. Yeah. Well, I think biologically too, knowing where we are in our cycle is so Mm. important as well, because our hormones change, our nutritional needs change, our exercise needs change, our ability to focus and get stuff done changes because our hormones are fluctuating over that, you know, that 28 to 32 day cycle as well. So I'm always very aware and explaining to my clients the fact that, you know, in that week, right before your period arrives, you have a drop in progesterone, which is going to make it harder to fall asleep and stay asleep, even if you do everything perfect. We need to allow for grace for our bodies to be human bodies and Mm -hmm. to have the experiences they have. I mean, we optimize because we want to set ourselves up for the best result, but that doesn't mean it's perfect all the time because there's definitely some nights Mm -hmm. you do the things and your sleep is still disrupted because maybe you had an uncomfortable conversation coming up the next day and your brain was thinking about it. That is totally normal as a human. And during the week of my cycle, I know that my hormones are at their lowest So for me, it is very important to make sure that I actually schedule, if possible, an entire extra day or a three-hour block in the afternoon on a day off that doesn't happen in any other week. And if Mm. I end up wanting to fill it because I feel great, good. But if I need that nap, I'm going to take it. But I allow that sense of compassion in there of like, I know this week my energy will be a bit lower regardless of doing all of the things with my sleep and my food and my movement and really Mm. taking into account where we are in our cycle, I feel lets us be more compassionate instead of having this thought process that every day should be the same. The productivity should be the same. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. I'm like, we're just scratching the surface here. Tell me one thing about movement and sleep, and then we'll wrap up with that. Yeah. Movement is a really neat one. So they have two components that I love about movement. Number one is the one most of us do it for. Um, it's that stress release component, meaning you just get some time to focus on you to, you know, put everything else aside, hopefully put our phone away for the duration of the workout and just be present in our body. That's human being a human being, right. Instead of a human Mm -hmm. doing that's part number one. But if you want to get a little geeky on it, there's something that actually happens while we exercise. We produce something called BDNF brain derived neurotropic factor. And what it does is it increases the amount of connections we have in our brain. It helps us grow new brain cells which actually makes us smarter. So Hmm. smarter, more productive, all of those things come from that BDNF production. And then you match that with your body releasing a little bit of that cortisol coming out of fight or fight a little bit. And it really sets us up for a much healthier hormone balance and stress balance. And does it also help us sleep better if we're moving? Like what's the kind of brain science behind that? Yeah. So exercise is wonderful for sleep because it helps us lower the cortisol. It helps us have a stress Mm. release. Remember cortisol is one of those things that disrupts sleep, but my only caution with exercise and sleep is to make sure you're giving yourself that three hour buffer window before bed. Because remember how we talked about, we want low heart rate, low temperature Mm. exercise, cortisol goes up, adrenaline goes up, heart rate goes up, body temperature goes up. And so if we're working out within like the hour or so before bed, it may make it more difficult to sleep. So I always just like to say, count backwards three hours, make sure it's wrapped up by then for optimal sleep. I love that. It's so good. Okay. If you wanted to give some last words of advice to women who are listening, who are moms, who have businesses, who are like, I really want to grow my business this year. I want to see some results. I feel like I'm working all the time and I'm not getting the results that I want. And they're feeling like they can't do both. They can't be a really great, present, caring, loving mom and a badass entrepreneur, what would be a takeaway or a piece of advice for that mom? Yeah. I would say watch for the thought that you can't have both, that it has to be business success or your health, because there Mm. is that room to have both in there. And the best way I love to recommend, if your sleep is so effective that you're buying back your time in the form of productivity, so maybe you don't need six hours, maybe you only need four hours, with good sleep, You have just created more time in your day to give to maybe an extra workout, or maybe you want to start coming up with some new recipes and eating a different way. But I love starting with sleep because I feel like it's the foundation for giving you the decision-making and the capacity to have all of that. And I mean, it's free. You're already doing it. It doesn't take any extra time. If we have better quality sleep, then we can create the time to start fitting in all the things that we feel like we're missing out on that we don't have to make the choice. Wow. That's so powerful. In the process that I teach the double your business process, step number one is mastering your time. And it sounds like getting more sleep is one of the easiest most, most simple, maybe not easiest, but it's one of the most simple ways to create more time in your schedule. Yeah. So good. You don't need to plan for it. You don't need to go hire a personal trainer or anything like that. You don't need to leave a babysitter. You're you're doing it. Let's just get better at it. (laughs) So good. Okay. If people want to connect with you and find you and learn more, where can they find you? 
Yeah. So if you're like, yeah, I really need to start being more productive in my mornings and wake up with energy. I've actually taken the 12 biohacks that over the years have been the most effective at creating that morning energy and waking up really real rested. And I've put them together in what I call my entrepreneur's playbook. It's 12 ways to biohack your energy. And it's available at tanessashears.com slash energy. But if there's anything you heard today and you were like, that's interesting. I need to know more. I have a podcast called Becoming Limitless and every episode takes one hack to improve your health, dives in deep on how to implement it, and then shares exactly how that hack will help your business grow. I'll make sure I put those links in the show notes for everyone. Thank you again for coming and sharing all of your wisdom. I think it's going to help a lot of women who are listening. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, follow along and give us a quick review so that we can get the more heart, less hustle message into the hands of more women. And if you want to take this work even deeper, come check out Life Launch. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of these ideas and we apply them to your life so you can get the incredible results for yourself. Check it out at heatherborsma.com. We'll see you next week.